Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Well, welcome to another edition of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having Martha Manuzzi. She is a recording artist, uh, award-winning uh, Grammy and many other awards. And we're going to talk to her for the next 30 minutes, talk about her life, her career, her ministry, and her business. If you'd like to chime in on the conversations, please uh, join us at 347-324-3460. Or you can post a uh, question in the chat room and we'll read it on the air. Martha, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Great. I guess to begin with, uh, our audience like personal stories on how the person uh, came up in the in the ministry and and also in the business. So, kind of tell us how you got started. Where are you from, and how did you get into music? Well, I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I was actually born into a very musical ministerial family. My parents were pastors and singers. My dad's a songwriter and musician and so it was just it's been a part of my upbringing and I have to say just growing up in a local church and um, just serving in the local church for my entire life has been probably the biggest part of of helping me become who I am today and do what I do today Um, I've had other odd jobs here and there singing but for the most part I would have to give all the credit to just really singing in my home church and leading and doing whatever I needed to do there and it really helped develop who I am what was the age when you figure out, hey, this is my calling? This is, you know, you have that uh, that epiphany moment uh, as a kid or a teenager, and all of a sudden say, this is who I am, and I'm going to embrace who I am, and this is, then I'm going to go for it. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question because you know, so many times, especially if you're born into something, you just kind of take it for granted that that's is what we do. My, there's really no choice. You know, we just do it because we can and. But when I was in a teenager, probably 16, 17, I remember hearing, maybe a little bit older, I remember hearing uh, Don Mullen came to a local church here in Orlando, and he just sang at a piano. And at that moment, all the music that I had done seemed almost empty, all those songs we had sung. I mean, it was all good, but at that moment, I just connected with the Holy Spirit. I connected with the presence of God like I had never connected before. And I've, I've had the opportunity to share that story with him many times, and I said, you know, he really just brought me closer. And as I sat in that atmosphere, I said, at that moment, this is what I want to do. If I can't do it like this, I'm going to go find something else to do. If I, if I, when I sing, I don't connect people and myself connect to God, then this is all a waste of time. I, I want this experience every time I sing. And 
And uh, it really was that defining moment that made me really seek after the Lord and, and change some of the things that I was doing, and my focus shifted. And um, that that was an amazing moment. I'll never forget it. How do you get that connection? Uh, some people push, push, push to try to get that connection. All of a sudden, some people have that uh, something in them that brings it to other people. You know, that, that's a great question, too. I, I, you know, I think when you are hungry for God and you really are seeking after him, he's He's there. I know for me when I, you know, there's times that I never really want to fast, but when I fast, I, I feel like everything is just heightened. Every, I'm aware of what God is doing. I'm more grateful for I'm just closely connected to him. You know, and a lot of times we know what to do for our fleshly bodies. You know, if we start feeling sick, we know, okay, well, you know, if I get a sore throat, I'm not going to eat, you know, ice cream and drink dairy until then. We know how to turn things down to, to take care of our physical bodies, but sometimes we don't focus on our spiritual lives as much and realizing, wow, if I'm not hearing from God or not connecting with him the way I want to or desire to, I need to start maybe shutting some things down until I do. And it's that kind of attention that really gets God's attention. And um, you can't not experience him. I know for me, even as a young girl, you know, just because of the atmospheres, I believe that God, that my parents put us in as pastors and traveling evangelists for many years, we just experienced God at a very young age and really truly learned how to get in his presence. And, um, you know, the, the bottom line is if you need the presence of God in your life, if you praise him and you worship him, his promise to us is that he inhabits the praises of his people. So if we're truly honestly worshiping and praising him, we will connect to him because that's, I like to say it's the language of heaven. When we begin to speak the language of heaven, and over the years, I I I, I have developed those things. Not perfect at it, but I'm and I'm still developing. But I've developed that in my life, and now I'm able to lead others to Him. You know, that's what worship is all about. And when I sing, my prayer and my hope is that they're connected to to a living God. Wow, how do you fast? How can you take yourself? You know, today everything is so busy. Uh, yeah. Even if you're a music ministry at a church, or if you're doing this as a ministry, it's so much noise. There's so many things you have to worry about. How do you personally go out and fast? And and do you just just on bread and water for uh, a month, or how do you normally do it? Or well, you know what we do. What it can be several different things. Sometimes you can just do a media fast. You can just, I think, for creative people. And for most people at large today, everybody's looking down at the – I mean, you, you go into a restaurant, everybody's got their head down looking at their phone. You know, we never shut off the media and the, the noise and the information that's coming into our lives. We take it with us everywhere. Some of us will take it to the bathroom. I mean, we're never without our phones. We're never without a computer or something. And even just shutting that down, just say, I'm going to take 24 hours and I'm going to go on a Sabbath today. And no, and nothing else is coming in. I'm just going to be quiet we were on a trip and our phones didn't work and we had to turn everything off. And we were, all of us were laughing at how we feel like, okay, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Like our fingers just want to move, you know, because we don't know what to do without our phones. And that's one thing that we can do immediately, you know, start with something small. Sometimes we'll do uh, a Daniel fast, the beginning of the year, a 21 day Daniel fast. It's really literally no meats and no sweets. And we just lay that down and, 
you know, the first week you're feeling like, yeah, I'm so spiritual. And about that second, third week, you're like, I hate everybody. You quit every day. <laughs> I want to eat a piece of steak, you know. But you just hold on. And if you mess up, you just get back on. You know, you don't beat yourself up. You just say, God, I just consecrated. I'm just going to start again fresh. And God honors that. And he always speaks. I've noticed that through the times we fasted, I can, every time I can literally point to relationships that were restored, situations that, that God fixed, issues that, you know, breakthroughs that happened just because we fasted. And uh, it's important that we, we put ourselves through those. I think sometimes we wait until we feel this big impulse from the Holy Spirit, and it may never come. Sometimes it's just better to discipline ourselves, sanctify ourselves to get closer to God. Wow. So thinking of fasting, and you're talking about the absence of meat, or some people will just eat meat and don't eat anything else. So the fasting uh, itself, um, is it maybe the absence of meat or in sweets or well, you know, we we know what sugar does to your body. We know that there's nothing good with sugar. You know, it's truly, it's not good for our bodies. It's not good for our mental health, you know, in, in moderation, of course, yes. But if when we stop, just say, you know, I'm just going to cut out sugar. I'm just, anything that has sugar in it, I'm going to just lay that down for, I don't know, 24 hours, 48 hours. You'll be shocked at how much sugar you really take in. That's that's the thing. We just kind of go through life, and we get so it's definitely a physical change that happens. It, I know for me, if I get up in the morning and start eating sugary things, it throws me off for the rest of the day, and I can't get back on. That's just how we're made, um, and it makes me feel kind of down and kind of melancholy. But if I really focus on the first part of my day and eating right, then it makes the rest of my day better. So even God knows that even in those things, it's spiritual, but it's also physical. Um, so it's it's whatever we choose to do. There's I don't think we need to feel like it's a law, you know, that we mm-hmm. have to do something, you know, to, to to feel like we're in some in some kind of I don't know sacrificial law. It doesn't it doesn't need to be based on law. It needs to be based on relationship, you know. Uh-huh. And I want to I want to connect with God. So you know what? I'm going to start laying some things down until I hear from Him. That that just makes me feel good and and that feeds my flesh. I'm just going to lay that down for a while until I really hear God's voice. And that's really what he's he's longing for from all of us. Okay. As a teenager, and now you acknowledge what your calling is, how did you take that moment from then uh, to be who you are today? It kind of tells us what that journey was like. Um, yeah. From, from that moment to you get to this first album and the second album, this third album and so forth. Right. Well, from that moment on, it was a lot of serving, a lot of, okay, God, you know, show me how to do this, a lot of developing, um, a lot of insecurities. <laughs> you know, it wasn't something that I just stood up and said, now I've got it, just get out of my way. You know, it was more feeling like, okay, God, if you need to really give me this. You need to really help me with this because I see where I want to be, but I have not one clue how to get there. And I remember going to other concerts and sitting in and listening to Fred Hammond. And I cry from song one to song, you know, however many songs he sang, because in my heart I knew I was supposed to be doing what he was doing. I had, but I'm in my local church. I have no idea. Plus, I I really wanted my vision and my focus to be where I was. I didn't want to feel like I was striving 
or anything, but God, you know, you know my heart, you know what I'm dreaming about. So throughout all of that, I just said, God, I'm just going to serve, and I know that promotion comes from you. So I began to just serve in my local church, do whatever I needed to do that was asked to do, and stretch and grow and learn, you know, about my husband has really been instrumental in learning the music business as we began to travel. He just literally threw himself into learning the music business because we didn't have any understanding of how it worked and hours and hours of learning. So it's been it's been a developmental process. It's not anything that's happened over, you know, overnight. It's been years of serving and learning and um, developing our songs and writing and you know, sometimes you just got to get it done. It's great to sit around and talk about it, but you have to you have to say, okay, now we're doing an album, and here's what we need to do. And you start making the the decisions, and you start calling the people, and you set the date, and you know, all of those things come into play. And that's all of that process has led us to where we are today. Wow. So, how did you educate yourself on the music business itself? Uh, just start reading books, or just make contacts with uh, agents and managers? And it, it, it's a sticky world. Uh, you don't know who to touch, who to who to trust. Uh, yeah. Who do you believe? Who's leading you in the right direction? Who's giving you great advice? Well, thank God we started. You know, it's been ten, eleven years ago before you know the record industry has changed so much. But, yeah, definitely what you're saying is true. You don't know who to trust, and everybody may give you a different story or different advice. So we would spend a lot of time at Borders and Barnes & Noble looking up songs on, the, you know, the music business, not songs, books on the music business, just learning and getting educated. And my husband spent a lot of time on Internet just finding places where we could put our music and, you know, where could we launch and, you know, all those things. And then, of course, we had really great relationships Donnie McClurkin, his manager for almost 30 years, we just had an amazing opportunity to meet with him right as we were getting started at an event. And it was over Thanksgiving, and I didn't want to go because it was Thanksgiving, literally Thanksgiving Day, and my husband said, we need to be there. There's going to be a lot of great people there. And my family said, you need to go. You need to go. So I left Thanksgiving Turkey to go to this event, but yet it was really an awesome opportunity. Didn't get paid to do it, just was just there. And God really blessed us and uh, favored us, and we were able to sit in a back room with Donnie's uh, manager, Roger Holmes, for two hours. And he poured, he didn't know us; he knew a couple of my songs, but he just poured into us. So that was really a divine moment. And wow. even to this day, I always say I have to give you credit because you don't owe me anything. You don't even bring it up. You know that's how he is. But I'm just I just look back, and when you're in God's timing and in God's plan, when you sacrifice things. God will literally, he's already got people on the path ready to help you and lead you and guide you. And, you know, as much as we think we do it, really at the end of it all, it's all been designed and organized and set out and ordered by God. So I, I have to really give God the credit for all of it. So is that voice that says you didn't want to do it, but somehow you was propelled to do it because it didn't really force you out of that particular moment, but it said, Something in your mind just clicked, hey, I need to be here for this event. Yeah, definitely. It was one of those. And, you know, it's funny because it's, that event has never happened since. It was just that one time <laughs> that came to Orlando. It was a conference, and and God just really favored us. And we just knew, you know what, sometimes in 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 life when you really want something, you have to lay some things down 
and you have to be a student of it. You have to be a servant to it, and you have to just you have to just trust that God knows and is leading you. And um, man, even to this day, I learned that lesson. Never lose your expectation. I mean, I, I mean, I could tell you story after story when I was just kind of over it and wanted to go to the mall instead of an interview and the Holy Spirit just stopped me and said, you need to do this interview. I, but I've done a thousand interviews, but you still need to do it. And God just not only favored us in the interview, but connected us through relationships and blessed us. And I was just incredible. Just even now to this day, I realize expectation is everything. Going, starting your day, believing that God has a plan, no matter how long you've been doing something or no matter how tired you are or waiting for the breakthrough and it never comes. It, you still have to hold on to the principle of, of believing God, waiting with expectation. That's important, not just waiting on God to speak and to show up and to move, but waiting with expectation. That's key. Wow. How your music comes to you? Um, several different ways, spending time with the Lord or just reading Scripture or sometimes sitting in a church service. Somebody may say something or spark something or I look down and see a Scripture. It comes at different times. You know, um, taking a long walk, sometimes just focusing on the Lord. I mean, all, all different inspirational moments that uh, songs have been birthed in my spirit. So it's not just from one main thing. So it, it can come anytime during the day. It can come in the middle of the night. Um, it just comes to you. Yeah, it can. It can um, it definitely. I mean, when you just kind of get the songwriting. I guess juice is flowing and you start to tune in and to key in. You know, there's sometimes I'll write a little song during the day and it's just for me. It's not anything I'm going to use, but, you know, I just kind of sing it to the Lord, you know. And then other times I go, okay, wait, that's something right there. <laughs> you know, and, and so it just kind of depends on the day and what's happening. And if I have an album coming up, you know, I get, I get more into a frame of mind of writing or if someone asks me to write with them or, you know, then I, I focus a little bit more. What do you do when you get a writer's block? Uh, you have a moment of your life, everything is flowing out of you, and then all of a sudden you feel drained, and you couldn't write something to save your life. How do you combat those particular moments? I don't try to push it. I just let it be. You know, I just if I don't feel the unction or don't feel, you know, I've worked with different producers, and some will say, no, you're going to stay right here until we get this done. And then others will say, you know, no, just chill out. Let's go eat. Let's come back. You know, let's let's take a break. Let's do something else, and then we'll come back. Um, and I'm just kind of more of an easy type of a person. You know, when it's flowing, it's flowing. And when it's not, I know I need to just kind of get my head in a different place and go disconnect a little bit from what's happening and then come back. And then there's a great flow. My twin sister and I write a lot together. And several years ago, we wrote this little course over the phone to each other. And neither one of us loved it, but we thought there was something good about it, but we just couldn't. So we just kind of threw it away, like, you know, that's 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 not happening. Let's just. And then she called me yesterday and she said, I brought that song back out, and what do you think about this? And all of a sudden I had this fresh take on it, and it just came alive. And I was like, make this sound like that and change this word to that. And then I said, you finish the rest. And then she called me back and sang it to me, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's perfect. And so sometimes you have to just kind of let things lay a little bit and then come back to it. Wow. When it comes to uh, when you actually sat down and came up with uh, Because of Who You Are, how did that come to be? It, it was one of those 
I was minding my own business. My little kids were all in the bathtub, and I was sitting in the room with them and just enjoying my kids. And all of a sudden, this song just began to flow. The chorus, because of who you are, I give you glory, I give you praise. The chorus came first, and then I thought, okay, wow, this is a beautiful melody. Maybe what should I do with it? And then I just started re- researching. I started asking myself a question, well, why, if, if it's because of who you are that we worship you, then who are you? Let's define that. Let's take that deeper. And so I just started looking up the names of God, and it all just really came together in a matter of days. Um, so, so part of it was inspiration. Part of it was study and searching it out, seeking it out, and that song was born. Wow. And is it, the song has crossed many cultures across uh, across the world, different languages and so forth. Um, did you ever realize just a song that you thought – uh, in that uh, bathroom that day, that it will just get, you know, it's going to be one of the the songs of the century. Not in the the not in the not an inkling. Never would have thought. Would never have put money on that song. I just I I thought it was pretty. I, I should have known then. By the way that our church responded to it, I should have known. But even still, I thought it was just because yes, our church and they respond like that about everything. And you know, I <laughs> never did I ever think that song would do what it's done and still it's not my song anymore i feel like it's been taken away and it's it belongs to you know the worshiper the worshiping heart which is fine god gave it to me to to um to give it away so it's it's not yes no it's not anything i would have thought would be what it is today how did you and your sister come up with so much soul in your music is it did something you listen to is it a combination of uh, who you who you are, and you just developed this particular style because both of you have a a unique style style, and it's it's kind of hard to describe. It's your very own, but it's like you just reach deep to come up with mm-hmm. your pieces and the way you actually minister your pieces to the people. Well, I think to answer where it all came from, again, it, we listen. For me, I listen to. A lot of gospel. By the time I met my husband, I was 16, and um, he was like, have you ever heard of Andre Krauss? And I'd heard, you know, soon and very soon, but I didn't realize there was a whole world of music. I'd been basically listening to Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and, you know, all of those, the Cruz family, and, and my husband did too, but he also had the other side, the gospel side, that just, I was like, you're kidding me. This is awesome. And then when I worked at Charisma Magazine, I worked there when I first got married for about a couple of years, and they would send people that would send in actually their cassette tapes. I'm embarrassed to just date myself. For review, <laughs> for review for the magazine, labels would send in albums, but they would send it to be reviewed by the magazine, and they would leave all the what was left over in a little box in the break room. So I went in there one day, and I'm just kind of sifting through all of the cassette tapes, and I picked up Ricky Grundy's Mass Choir, I took it home. As soon as I walked in the door, I put it in and I played it. And I sat there and said, okay, I have found the music that I was created to sing. I have found it. And I was crying. My husband came in and he said, what are you listening to? And from that moment on, I would always go back to the break room and just only take the choral or the gospel the gospel albums. That's all I wanted. And uh, And then God set us up. We started to connect we connected with a church here that was very multicultural, very diverse, 
and worked in the music department for eight years and, and just wrote. And it was you know, mostly African-Americans in the audience, and that was who our family was. And so it's been a very organic process to become who, you know, to develop what I do. What's it like to work with uh, Israel back in the early days? Did you live in Houston at that time? No, but we our paths crossed years ago, 14, 15 years ago, when he came to our church and ministered here in Orlando, and we just all clicked, and we just stayed in touch every once in a while. And then when we stepped out full time, I called him to tell him how much I loved his album, New Season, that had just come out, how it had blessed us through this transition of traveling, moving into from working at a church to traveling full time. And he was like, well, what's going on? What are we doing? Let's let's do something. And so it really was based on relationship and the doors open. He helped open so many doors for us. I give him so much credit, he and Aaron Lindsay, uh, for what we do. And I'm just so I'm just so blessed to be, you know, we they are some of the greatest people to work with and to write with. And it's it's truly an experience to sit with the two of them and write a song. I mean, it's it's incredible. They're two of the most talented people I, I know on the planet. So, <laughs> and Israel well, just, it, is amazing. Take us to that moment when you actually sit there and collaborate. Uh, when you sit at the piano, kind of give us a snapshot what that vision looks like. Well, it's pretty relaxed. You know, come in and, and um, either Aaron or Israel sitting at the piano or the guitar and um, – I sing an idea that I have or even verbalize an idea of a song, uh, like God is here. I had some ideas for the song God is here. I said I really want to write a song about the presence of God is here now in the sanctuary. There's something in the atmosphere that we can feel him here. And and then Israel went into the zone, and he just totally zoned out. He just began to write the chorus based on, you know, the pieces and the thoughts that I'd given him. And then I wrote the bridge wow. for that song later down the road and it was a moment where we couldn't go in we felt the presence of god come so strong i really hit my knees at that moment it was one of those just the three of us in a room and it was so powerful that i just went straight to my knees i'm like excuse me y'all this is a moment he is truly here and there's three of us in this room it was that kind of a powerful moment and then later on the bridge came almost last minute before the recording so it's it's always fun it's always very creative it's it's just a it's a great experience. Well, and glorious uh, at the same time. I think on the same album, tell us the origins of uh, glorious itself. Well, that was the the last song that we put on the album. It was the last song that we wrote for the album. Actually, I it was the night before I was leaving to go to to I think we were going to Houston for the last rehearsal before the, the recording of the best is yet to come, and. I just I had this little idea of the the scripture and I had a little melody hadn't put it all together until I'm laying in the bed at one o'clock in the morning and I just said God please help me finish the song I'm really feeling like this idea could be huge I just felt it and so I said God please just help me finish it and I literally at that moment it was like a rush I rushed to my computer and I wrote all the words as quickly as I could and then. I just it was one of those things where I wasn't sleeping until I did it. It was it was nagging me that much. Went to mm-hmm. sleep, woke up the next morning, went and flew to where we were going and I said, Okay, I, I think I have the song I want you to hear. And they're really cool about last minute things 
because they know that those can end up being the best song on the album, which they normally are. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, here's what I want. I, this is the kind of vibe I'm feeling. This is what. So I'm going to go work with the singers, and you guys just, and I came back in an hour later, and the song was born. Wow. And uh, that's that's how it went. Well, kind of tell us about it. Now, you are you have a ministry itself that's full-time. How do you actually manage that ministry? And how do you actually, uh, besides manage it, how do you actually market uh, all of this in a nutshell to bring um, your product to market? Well, sense. we, my husband really runs our ministry. He's the label uh, president for me. Mm-hmm. We have our own label, and uh, he manages me. He does all of the administrative work, all of our booking, all of our travel. I mean, he just does a lot. And we do so much of what, of this ministry together, and we market now. We find our biggest marketing um, success through social networking, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, e-blast, all of those things, just staying connected. And now it's you don't have to pay for it. It's free. <laughs> so for years we would spend thousands of dollars to get the word out, and now we can keep you know our fans and um, our friends a lot closer and stay connected all day, every single day. And um, that's for us now. That's how we do most of our marketing is through is through multimedia or uh, social networking. Is it easy to run a label today? It's easy when you have one artist like me. <laughs> but no, <laughs> no, it's not. It's I don't think it's easy. I think everyone's scrambling trying to find what's you know what's going to make an artist go to the next level. And it's talking to my daughter last night. I said, you know, it's not just the gospel industry. It's everybody, you know, television stations and, and you know, networks are all scrambling to try to find that magic pill that makes them number one and keeps them number one and the new fresh idea. But it just really gives us an edge because the only real fresh ideas today are God-inspired ideas, Holy Spirit-inspired ideas. So if we stay connected to the Holy Spirit, he leads us and guides us, and it's not us. It's something he's doing through us to touch and bless his people and to save the, the ones that are that are unsaved, you know. And that's really what we have to go. No matter how brilliant and creative we are, we make, need to make sure we stay connected to the Holy Spirit because he will literally lead us and guide us where we need to be. And then everybody will say, how did you do that? Where did you get that? Create? Well, look, that was brilliant. You know, it's like I, I just, the Lord showed me how to do this. You know, that's that's my heart is that I stay connected to him and he leads me. What advice do you have a person who's come uh want to be like you who's coming through the 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 music industry have a god given talent have a message and they don't know what to do uh what advice do you have for them as they actually do what you're doing well I would say if they if they've never you know most of us i think have to have a place where we grow and where we develop so I would say find a, a local church that you can grow and develop and create relationships because now everything is based on relationships. So if you feel like, well, I don't have any, well, then you need to get busy building some great relationships and start connecting with people and serving in, in an area that maybe you haven't served in a while. And that's important that we, we do that. It's really key. Um, and then, as you know, as we grow and as we move forward, just keep working, keep writing songs, keep developing your gift and talent. Stay close to prayer and, and time with the Lord. That's really all we can do, and then he brings the increase. And he'll de- He'll help develop us and, and be willing to, to, to make those choices and to do those hard things, you know, and to and sometimes we've got to step out in faith 
and do things that make us uncomfortable, you know, all of those things. And everybody knows what that is personally for themselves, you know, but we can't give up. We have to keep persevering, you know, and, and God will bless us in due season. That's what the Bible says, that in due season, if we don't give up, we'll reap a great reward. And so if we trust God, we know we've got to plant the seed and water the seed, protect that seed, and then it grows. And um, wow. that's what I tell people, serve, work, <laughs> and trust God, and it will all come to pass. Uh, lastly, if there's a song that speaks to who you are and you want to be known for and people pick up a uh, – go to the Internet and look for praise and worship music or look for uh, uh, who you are, what song would that be and like you like to be remembered 100 years from now? Well, if it's a song that I wrote, I would have to say because of who you are, because it's all about God to God. It's not about anything else. It's not about my weakness or, or anything. It's all about him and who he is. And that's my heart is when is for me in my life declaring that over every situation, you're Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider, and literally leading a generation in that revelation that God is everything. He's in control, and that's why we worship him. Okay. Great. I really appreciate this. Now, you have a new project that's out? Yes. It's called Make It Loud. Okay. And it's out doing very well. I, uh, I think one of the songs, Excellent, Michael Gunger and I wrote. Um, my daughter sings on this, wrote several songs, several different people. Uh, Jonathan Stockfield is on this, William McDowell. So it's a, a collection of great worship leaders, some great worship songs, and um, it's called Make It Loud. Okay. And you can get that on iTunes and Amazon and... Yes, you can get it anywhere. You can get it at com. You can download it, and uh, it's available right now. Okay, and your website address to leave us what? MarthaUnizzi.com, M-U-N-I-Z-Z-I. Great. Thank you, Martha, for coming on the program. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Okay, great. Take care. All right, God bless. Okay, bye-bye. God bless. We're going to start playing a couple of uh, – we did start this interview a little earlier uh, to accommodate uh, Martha's schedule. Um, and what we're going to do at this next second half hour, we're actually going to play some of her, her music. And you can go to her website as well. Uh, she gave it to you earlier, MarthaMinuzzi.com. And now we're going to go ahead and play, I think, a couple of songs that she – is from a new album and some of her most known ones. So I think the last one she left us with excellent. So we're going to play Excellent and work our way down. You listen to The Core Business Show with Tim J.K. Everything that is beautiful. 
Don't you love the presence of the Lord? Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.